Realty. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. Yo, and welcome to the Reveal Rob show. I am your host, Reveal Rob, coming at you with all of the latest news and a review of the latest Marvel film, Thor Love and Thunder. Will I fall in line with the rest of the reviews, which have been honestly a lot of mixed reviews, or will I be different? Who knows, man? We know how I am with Marvel films, but we'll get to that later. Hope everybody out there is doing good, having a great time. Thank you for joining in to me to hear me uh, ramble on as I normally do with uh, these shows. Appreciate you listening along here, and hopefully you're listening along to all the Throw Me Podcast Network shows as we always got a good grouping of stuff to bring you. So much content going on. We've got music content with my brother's show, Tombstone Josh, his show, The Metal Groove. You've got Haunter's Podcast dropping the haunt and spooky HHN stuff on you, man. They dropped a new episode talking about random stuff going on in the HHN community right now. And, of course, my brother's got a new video up on our YouTube where he's doing the top 10 Metallica songs, and Metallica has become a huge band all of a sudden. No, they've always been a huge band, but Stranger Things, they made Kate Bush a freaking top performer uh, so many decades later, and now they've made a song for Metallica go number one for the first time. Not, I don't know if it's number one. I may be stepping ahead of myself there, but it is... Uh, they, uh, the song went hit the Billboard charts for the first time or something like that. I don't know. Metallica, man. Band's been around forever, and then, you know, all of a sudden, they're like, hey, thanks to Stranger Things, we got a song on the Billboard charts. Uh, yeah, Metallica's Master of Puppets cracks Billboard's Hot 100 chart for the first time ever after being featured in Stranger Things. So, there you go. Good on them. Uh, you can check out Mr. Wonderful's show. He will more than likely be reviewing Thor on his show this week, I would assume. Uh, the Mr. Wonderful show deals with entertainment stuff as well. He throws in some reviews there. Make be sure to check out his show. And my boy Zach's dropped a new show called Improper Guidance. Be sure to go over there and check that out. That is audio and video. Check out the video on YouTube. While you're over there on YouTube, you can check out something I did over the weekend. I streamed some WWE 2K22 showing off the NWO New World Order. Too sweet. And I had a wrestling-filled weekend, actually. You know, I did that. I streamed that. I had a great time doing that. I uh, had some interactions with uh, from iHeart Monsters. Give them a follow and HHN fan. 
Uh, Bernard, give him a follow as well. Bernard's always asking awesome questions on the Twitter about HH and related stuff. They interacted with me a little bit during the stream. That was awesome. But man, I had a great time playing that game. Always have a good time playing a wrestling game. It's been a huge part of my life for as long as I can remember. Always playing a wrestling game, WWE games. And just had a good time this weekend, man. Did some more of the My Rise stuff. Played that, that streaming. And then I did, for some reason, I just randomly decided to watch... Uh, the Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Triple H story through matches that they did at the WrestleMania. So WrestleMania 25, 26, 27, 28, the story I built there. Watch that. That was awesome to relive. And then that just sent me down a wormhole of watching matches. And so I ended up watching uh, Sting versus Triple H, which gave me goosebumps. I actually liked that match more the second viewing than I did the first time I saw the match. Um, and watched The Undertaker lose a streak to Brock Lesnar because I want to see that match again. So I did that, had a good time with that. And, you know, other than that, really nothing much really going on over here. Just, you know, living, which means it's time to get in to the news. Before I do that, man, be sure to like and share this show as well as all the Throwing Podcast Network shows, uh, be it through whatever podcatcher you listen to or our YouTube, man. We're also on the Instagram. Throwing Podcast now has its own Instagram or you'll see my beautiful face post and some stuff over there, as well as all the other beautiful faces on that page. And uh, we have a Facebook, and there's... Well, there's not a Twitter. Some of us have Twitter. Uh, there's a TikTok, all that good stuff, man. But anyways, let's go ahead and jump into the news. I know that's what you're mostly here for. So first thing up here, news-wise, is there some ramblings and rumblings about a Top Gun 3 happening. Miles Teller, who played uh, Rooster in the film, says that he has been talking with Tom Cruise. They've been having some conversations, and we'll see what ends up happening there. Um, saying that it would be great, but that is all up to TC. It's all up to Tom, which, of course, would be all up to Tom Cruise. It's his franchise. Tom Cruise is the man. Uh, now, of course, Maverick has officially passed the $1 billion mark and has become the world's highest-grossing film of the year so far, and I don't know if anything's going to pass that. Um We'll get into it more when I talk about Thor, but I don't know. <laughs> uh, I don't think Thor is going to give it too much of competition right now, and see his thing, how long things keep going. I mean, if I was Paramount, leave that movie in theaters as long as you want, man. I mean, I would gladly, I'm waiting for it to get back to, um, get back to, I'm waiting for it to go to streaming so I can finally check it out again. But at the same time, man, maybe need to make a trip to the theaters to see it again, because that movie is made to see in theaters, and I would gladly go see that movie again in theaters but yeah the idea of a top gun 3 that's um kind of surprising not too surprising because again the movie is doing huge bank right now but yeah i don't know if it's something i would have ever really thought about and i mean is there a possibility for it of course there's always a possibility but i don't know if it's something i would have on the radar right now i know tom is very involved with the mission impossible films at the moment so those are going to be high priority for him and then we'll see how things go from there. But yeah, Top Gun 3, I'm not going to be against that. I'll gladly see it. I'll love me some Tom Cruise. Maybe my favorite actress with him and Andrew Garfield. But either way, I'm winning because both of them are amazing actors. All right, uh, moving forward, other news. I was talking about Stranger Things a moment ago. And I got some Stranger Things news here with the uh, fact being that Season 5, according to the Duffer Brothers, the big reveal that is coming to Season 5 will be about the Upside Down itself. So we're going to finally get some more information on the Upside Down, it sounds like, and what the um, Upside Down is. So Season 5 is going to touch on the Upside Down. I think Season 5 is also going to have something to do more with Will. I think it's about time we get back to Will a little bit. Trust me, I love Eleven. Eleven being the forefront of everything is great. 
but you know the show all started with Will, right? Um, first two seasons were pretty heavy on Will, so let's. It's not too shocking that season five would go back to its roots with Will, and especially been a lot of people have been upset about how Will was treated in this season. I'm not one of those people that was too upset. I think he could have had more for sure, but you know there are people upset. I mean, hey, they missed his birthday for crying out loud. So uh, not too surprising if Will is a focus in the next season just because he was the f- he was the main focus of the first season. So why wouldn't he be the main focus of the final season or one of the big focuses of the final season? So there you go. But that's not it, man. And other Duffer Brothers news, they are getting busy. That sounded dirty. <laughs> um, they are working hard at creating a lot of things, and they have now created something known as Upside Down Pictures. That's right, they're going to have their own company now, and they have recommitted to Netflix for several new projects. Uh, They are borrowing from, of course, the company's name. They will, uh, of course, they made Stranger Things, so of course they're going to borrow on that. The brothers said that the new company will be guided by the goal to create the kind of stories that inspired them growing up, which is awesome. We've got a list of things they're working on, man. So first thing, obviously, they're working on Stranger Things, and we got to finish out the battle between good and evil, if you will, between Eleven and Vecna in Season 5, the final season of Stranger Things. we got to finish that out. They've talked about spinoffs of Stranger Things, of course, happening. But we've got some more news about stuff they're working on, man. First one's pretty interesting here. Uh, the new live-action adaptation of Death Note. Death Note is a an anime, the only anime I've ever watched, <laughs> to be honest with you. And I enjoyed it for the most part. They did a live-action movie already on Netflix that did not do too well. I wasn't a big fan of it, and I think a lot of people weren't big fans of it. Um, if you want to check it out, it's on Netflix still. It's a Netflix movie, if I believe. Yeah, I believe it is a Netflix movie. Um, the original series focuses on a bright teenager who discovers a mysterious black notebook that gives supernatural power over life and death. Uh, The latter caused by writing a person's name in the book. Teen becomes intoxicated with power as he decides to cleanse the world of undesirables. Um, So yeah, it's an interesting story. I checked it out. I had a good time with that. I can't wait to see how the Duffer brothers handle it. I think they'll handle it pretty well. Uh, We've also got a series adaptation of Stephen King and Peter Straub's 1984 novel, The Talesman. Duffer Brothers will be crafting that alongside Steven Spielberg's Amblin Entertainment and Paramount Television. Talesman tells the story of a young man who moves between New Hampshire and an alternate world called the Territories to obtain an artifact that will save his mother's life. Now, that sounds, you know, close to Stranger Things, but, quote, it's much more fantasy. It has sci-fi. It has horror elements. It has a lot of heart. It has everything that we love, and it's not... And it's got the best werewolf character, I think, ever, said Matt Duffer in a Deadline interview when uh, talking about this stuff. So, there you go, man. Werewolves. We're into it. Let's see. A new stage play set within the world and mythology of Stranger Things. Something else that they're working on. There you go. That's not too bad. And, of course, a before-mentioned Stranger Things spinoff series for Netflix based on an original idea from the Duffer Brothers. So there you go, man. That is big news. Big news for them. Congratulations to Duffer Brothers. They've been doing great things with Stranger Things. So good power to them, man. Uh, that Death Note thing is definitely the thing that's got my attention. I want to see what happens there. Speaking of what I want to see what happens here, 
Uh, Comic-Con is officially happening. San Diego Comic-Con is officially back after the nonsense of COVID took uh, took it away from people for a number of years. It is now officially coming back, and DC will have a presence at the event with Dwayne The Rock Johnson announcing on his social media that Black Adam will have a panel at this year's San Diego Comic-Con, as well as Zachary Levi has announced and confirmed that Shazam! Fury of the Gods will have a presence at the event as well. Uh, we can expect... New footage, I believe, from both of them. Definitely Shazam. If I remember correctly, I think we're getting a trailer for Shazam too. So, bring it on, man. I'm interested. I love me some DC. You already know that. And I can't wait to see what else DC reveals at Comic-Con. Of course, now DC has the DC Fandom, where I'm sure they'll be giving more information at. But at the same time, it doesn't look like a DC fandom has been announced for this year, which isn't too shocking with the fact that there's a lot of changes going on over there at Warner Brothers Discovery with a new merger and changing of who's in charge of everything over there. Not too surprising if there isn't a DC fandom this year, so maybe all we're going to get is the San Diego Comic-Con thing. So I can't wait for that to end up happening and us getting all the uh, goodies from what they could end up bringing to us all. San Diego Comic-Con will be taking place July 21st through the 24th. So can't wait to see that. Maybe we'll get some more information on this uh, upcoming news here as well at San Diego Comic-Con, but uh, we've got a director for the forthcoming Captain America film, Julius Ona, who did the uh, Cloverfield Paradox and Lucy is set to helm the fourth Captain America movie. Uh, the film will, of course, star Anthony Mackie and will be building off the events of the Falcon and Winter Soldier show that was on Disney+. Plus. Uh, the film does not yet have an official title or release date, but expectations are pretty high that Marvel Studios could announce both of those at San Diego's Comic-Con. So we'll see what happens, man. Comic-Con's back, and it's uh, one of the big things. Now, of course, DC Fandom's not happening this year. Is D23 happening this year? Because that is Disney's big event. Of course, Disney owns the Marvel Studios property. So, yep, looking at it from a quick Google search here, D23 Expo, the ultimate Disney event, will be taking place September 9th, 10th, and 11th, uh, 2022. So, uh, that is happening. We'll probably get more Marvel news there, as well as Star Wars news, theme park news, maybe, whatever floats their fancy over there um disney stuff i haven't been you know honestly since the disney stopped i have not paid too much attention to disney i'm not the biggest disney guy um i wasn't really then either but um i've kind of you know fallen out of the disney thing and i don't hate disney by any means it's just it's never on my mind too much anymore so be interesting man pay attention to this d23 see what goes on like the only things i ever deal with disney wise is star wars and Marvel, but I know they're still building Tron, which will probably never be finished. <laughs> and uh, Guardians of the Galaxy's ride just opened over there, and there's other stuff going on. So it'll be interesting to, you know, see what happens and see what they announce over there. Let's see. Let's talk some horror news, shall we? Starting it off with maybe the biggest horror film to come out later this year, Halloween Ends. Uh, John Carpenter spoke with Sci-Fi Wire. Of course, you know John Carpenter did the fur. You know, he's, he's all over the Halloween franchise. One of the most iconic, if not the most iconic horror theme of all time, says that the film will be a departure from the others. That um, says it's interesting. Says Dave is a really good director. I love working with him. Nick Castle, who played the original Shape, or Michael Myers, uh, said that Halloween Ends will be a surprising conclusion to David Gordon Green's new trilogy. And makeup effects artist Chris Nelson has teased that the... Third installment 
is weird and different. Uh, David Gordon Green teased that there is a four-year time jump from the events between Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends, and is said to be more intimate and contained. So, yeah. I don't know what to think, man. I'm still indifferent on how I feel about Halloween Kills. I liked Halloween 2018. Um, I don't know what to really expect with Halloween Ends. Um, shout out here. Shout out to a friend of the show. I believe he's a friend of the show. I know he's a friend of the Haunter show. Um, I kid. I think he's my friend. I don't know. Shout out to Nick Bush. Check out his horror channel. He's always talking horror um, Halloween news over there. Been talking some Scream news lately too. Great channel. Give that a check out. And he also started a new podcast called the Fancy Talk Podcast, which you can listen to or watch on YouTube. Check that out as an entertaining show as well. But yeah, um, he'll know more about the Halloween stuff and give you more insight than I will about where that's going. I'll say the same about uh, my buddies, Zach and Wonderful. I'm sure they have more information on the Halloween franchise than I do. Uh, I, I enjoy the franchise, but I'm not as in-depth as they are. So I don't know what the next film's going to bring. I, I'm I'm kind of, again, I'm kind of indifferent. Halloween Kills didn't leave the best taste in my mouth. I enjoyed the kills overall, but most of the movie I was like, eh, I don't know. So I, I'm interested to see Halloween ends. I'm, you know, I still want to see it, of course. And, you know, obviously Michael Myers is an absolute legend and icon of the horror realm. So, you know, seeing that character back on the big screen, because this movie will be back on the big screen. Remember last year, Kills was on both the big screen and Peacock. This year, it is not going to be on Peacock. Uh, I mean, not right away. I'm sure, you know, later on it'll get there. But as of right now, we're waiting for it to hit theaters. And, you know, it's interesting. to It's weird and different. I mean, that's how you would describe Rob Zombie's films. Rob Zombie's films were different, I guess. <laughs> They're more barbaric. Um, weird and different. And complete departure from the others. Like, when you think of complete departure from the others, does Halloween 3 not immediately come to mind? Like, that's that's obviously, that's I mean, that's 100% a complete departure from the other Halloween films. Uh, I mean, Halloween 6 had some wild moments in it as well. Some weird moments. Uh, cool, man. Bring Paul Rudd back. <laughs> Bring Paul Rudd back for this movie. Uh, we already had a Tommy Doyle. Fuck. You know, it's it's weird. Why not? Make it the Michael Myers-verse. Michael Myers-verse. The Halloween-verse. Just bring in all of them. Bring in other lorries. There's only been one other lorry. Bring in Scout. Bring in Danielle Harris. She can play <laughs> this Jamie again. And now, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, Lori Strode's daughter and son bring Josh Hartnett back as well. Why not <laughs> make it the Halloween verse? Why not the Michael Myers verse? <laughs> it could be a good time. Talk about weird and crazy. Let's go with that. Uh, let's see. Moving forward. Horror news. Hayden Panettiere. Uh, his teasing some scream six stuff. First giving some backstory saying I called them up myself and was like, so you guys don't happen to want to bring Kirby back. Do you I want to do wanted to be in it that badly? Uh, Hayden Panettiere was saying, and then she goes on to say, when asked, will Kirby make it past the opening kill in Scream 6, Panettiere seems to suggest that the character most definitely will by saying, quote, I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed, end quote. Uh, the next installment of the Scream franchise hits theaters March 31st, 2023. Wow, that's soon. Um... Not soon, but still. I wasn't expecting it next year for some reason. I felt like it was going to be at least two years out. But um, next year. Okay, cool. Not a big fan of the last Scream movie. Sorry. Not sorry. Uh, I think the film fell flat in a lot of areas. 
And, you know, there's some questionable moments about the ghost face character itself. But, hey, it is what it is. If you loved it, awesome. I'm not going to judge you for it. So we'll see where that goes. Um, right now, Nev Campbell is not going to be in the film. She turned it down for more money, which is her prerogative. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Sing the Bobby Brown song. Come on, you can do it. My prerogative. There you go. <laughs> so... We'll see how that turns out. I mean, we already know Courtney Cox is back. We know Hayden Panettiere is coming back. Uh, the most important person returning, Jenna Ortega. So, heh, who cares? <laughs> you know, as long as Jenna's in it, who cares what else this movie's got going on? All right, let's see. The Black Phone. Oh, this is pretty soon, I guess. Black Phone is headed to On Demand. Uh, it's hitting On Demand this Friday, July the 15th. So, cool, man. Um, you can go check out my review of The Black Phone. I enjoyed it, so... That's cool, man. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. I'm not going to pay $20 to watch it on demand, but hey, whenever it's time to rent, I will rent it again. Why not? Let's see. And then last bit of news I got here. Yeah, last bit of news I have here is going to be centered around video games. I haven't talked video games on here in a little bit, says the guy who talked about WWE 2K22 at the beginning of the episode. But you know what I mean. Uh, the first thing we have here, we got a trailer, man. You know me. I love me. Some of the Dark Pictures Anthology, man. I love the whole stuff they're doing over there in Insomniac. And that's got Insomniac. I need to go to sleep, man. I haven't had no sleep in the last couple of days. Freaking super massive. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> um, I love what they've been doing over there. And we got a story trailer recently for their next uh, game in the Dark Pictures Anthology. The Quarry just came out. People have been enjoying that game and kind of forgot that there's a new game coming for Dark Pictures Anthology. But... There is, my babies, and it's called The Devil and Me, and they dropped the story trailer, and I watched that, and I'm like, ooh, yeah, give it to me. Um, the Devil and Me concerns the Lynette Entertainment TV crew, who are struggling to keep afloat with their competition. Uh, fate intervenes when they receive a uh, pressing and mysterious phone call from a man called Cratham Demet, with a promise of a tour around the faithful recreation of H.H. Holmes' murder castle. An idea that Lynette Entertainment founder Charlie Lynette believes might just save his show. Sounds awesome. Sign me up. I'm in already. Love the games, man. Uh, let's see. Other video game news. I don't know who was asking for this, but it's happening. A new open world survival game set in the world of Terminator is happening. Uh, details on the new game, including platformers. Platformers, platforms. Uh, the game's official title and release date have yet to be revealed, but they did drop a teaser trailer. Uh, the Terminator game will feature an original story building on the events of the films, though which films in the franchise haven't been specified. The story will see players play as a group of nuclear apocalypse survivors fighting to stay alive in a time period between Judgment Day and the creation of John Connor's Resistance. Um, I mean, I'm sure it could be fun. An open world survival game dealing with, you know, the Terminators and all that stuff. I guess that could be fun. I don't know. Can't really sit here and hate on it or anything. Don't really plan on hating on it or anything, but whatever works for you, you know, I'm sure it could be some kind of fun game. And I like the fact that there isn't a story around it. A lot of these video games made on movies um, have kind of been, you know, just running around and survive Jason or survive whatever you got to survive in the Evil Dead. I don't know. I'm not the big fan of it. Um, the, what is it, the Deadites or whatever? I don't even know that's right. I don't even know that's right. It's probably not right. Whatever. Necronomicons and all that good stuff. It looks fun. You know, you can check out Zach playing the game on our uh, Throw Me Podcast Network. It looks fun. I'm sure it's a blast to play with friends, but I'm not picking up that game. 
But let's see, that's cool. And another game they announced, which also goes under the who asked for this, but hey, at the same time, might be fun for some people. RoboCop Rogue City is happening and will arrive June 2023 on the PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, uh, Nintendo Switch, and PC. And, and yes, they also revealed a gameplay trailer for the game. Uh, There's an all-new story that will be, quote, faithful to the franchise's DNA. RoboCop Rogue City will see players become the iconic part-man, part-machine, all-cop hero as they attempt to bring justice to the crime-ridden streets of old Detroit. Armed with your thirsty Auto 9. I don't know what any of this means. (laughs) I've never paid attention to RoboCop. I know of RoboCop. I know RoboCop was in WCW at one point in time because that was a thing. (laughs) But, yeah. Anyways, armed with your trusty Auto 9. Factory-built strength, years of experience on the force, and a variety of tools at your disposal. You will fight forces seeking to destroy the city you call home in an all-new first-person. First-person. Fuck it. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Not already. Can't stand first-person games. Never liked them at all. I've tried to play them. I don't like them. They're not my style. If you enjoy them, awesome. Cool. Glad for you. You got a RoboCop game to play. But there you go. You just lost me on first person. Yeah, it happens. Anyways, first person explosive hunt for the truth. You have the power to decide how to fulfill prime directives in your own way. But as the story unfolds, proceed with caution because corruption and greed know no limits. Uh, The gameplay trailer, you see brief glimpses of the shooter in action. So go ahead and go check that out if you're interested. I need to watch RoboCop, man. I've never... I'm sure when I was younger, I watched it. Like, I don't remember it. <laughs> you know? I, I remember RoboCop being a thing. I know I've seen it on a screen, other than WCW. It wasn't in Mortal Kombat. Was RoboCop in Mortal Kombat? I feel like RoboCop was in Mortal Kombat. Quick Google search. RoboCop in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, Mortal Kombat 11. RoboCop was in Mortal Kombat 11. So it was Terminator. There you go. RoboCop versus Terminator gameplay. RoboCop. Yep. There you go. Cool. So... I know of the character. I'm sure it's all right, but I haven't watched any of the movies, so I don't know what to tell you. But I do know that to tell you is releasing this week. <laughs> um, I picked up a couple movies. I looked at, you know, again, I searched what was releasing this week, and two movies kind of caught my eye here to talk about. We have uh, Where the Crawdads Sing. It is a PG-13 mystery thriller film. It's two hours, five minutes. This will be in theaters. Uh, from the best-selling novel comes a captivating mystery, where the Crawl Dead sings tells the story of Kaya, an abandoned girl who raised herself to adulthood in the dangerous marshlands of North Carolina. For years, rumors of, quote, the marsh girl haunted Barkley Cove, isolating the sharp and resilient Kaya from her community, drawn to young men from town. What? <laughs> drawn to young men from town, Kaya opens herself to a new and startling world. But when one of them is found dead, she is immediately cast by the committee as the main suspect. As the case unfolds, the verdict as to what actually happened becomes increasingly unclear, threatening to reveal the many secrets that lay within the marsh. And if I remember correctly, Taylor Swift has an original song for this movie as well. So if you needed another sale there, there you go. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I think it's called Carolina, right? Yeah, Carolina is for the Where the Crawl Dead song um, movie. So there you go. You got that. And also another movie that caught my eye because of something I was talking about earlier. 
the fantastic Jenna Ortega, who has quickly become one of my favorite actresses. She has a new movie coming called American Carnage. It's rated R, comedy, mystery, thriller, and is one hour, 41 minutes. This will be limited theater run and streaming. Uh, after a governor issues an executive order to arrest the children of undocumented immigrants, the newly detained youth are offered an opportunity to have their charges dropped by volunteering to provide care to the elderly. Once inside the elderly care facility, the volunteers discover the governor and the facility's supervisor have cooked up a horrifyingly depraved conspiracy that endangers the young and the old in this twisted thriller comedy. So there you go. Check that out. That is limited theaters and streaming. And again, where the crawl dads sing is out this week. So I believe there is, yes, uh, the Bob's Burgers movies officially hits Hulu this week. Um, let's see. There's a, there's an animated movie coming out this week, right? Yes. Uh, pause of fury. The legend of Hank is releasing. <laughs> Hank is such a name, man. Um, but yeah, that's releasing this week. A heart on his luck. Hound Hank. <laughs> Fine, <laughs> Michael Sarah. I'm laughing at Michael Sarah because you know, I think of my brother every time. Um, his hate for Jesse Eisenberg in an animated film, and now Michael Sarah is playing a voice in an animated film. And Michael Sarah and Jesse Eisenberg have always been compared to each other, so that's pretty funny. I don't know why that made me laugh, but it did. Anyways, a hard on his luck hound Hank finds himself in a town full of cats who need a hero to defend them from a ruthless villain. Ricky Gervais is in this? Alright, this movie's... Alright, our Ricky Gervais's voice is at least in this. A ruthless villain, played by Ricky Gervais's voice, the evil plot of that villain to wipe their village off the map. With the help from reluctant teacher Samuel L. Jackson, who of course is in it, um, to train him, our underdog must assume the role of town samurai. And team Hank the Samurai. You know, that's all you need. Why didn't you just call it Hank the Samurai? That would have been amazing. All right, anyways, let's move forward. That's it for the news. That is it for what's releasing this week. Uh, recommendations, I guess, because I didn't tell you everything that's releasing this week. Just things that caught my eye. Um, so now I guess it's time to jump into our review. So, as always, before the review, I play our trailer. Our trailer. Like, I had anything to do with making it. Play the trailer for the film or at least the audio for the film, and then I'll give you, you know, a synopsis of the movie, and then I'll give you my feelings on it. So I will be back after this trailer does its thing. Kids, get the popcorn now. Let me tell you the story of the space Viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. Well, he got in shape. He went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? Eight years, seven months, and six days. Give or take. Am I uh, sensing feelings? <laughs> well, you're right. The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. 
All gods shall die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. She's just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. who you are I take off your disguise and flick oh you flick too hard damn it shall we help them and eventually great and I'm back <laughs> that was the trailer for Thor love and thunder the film is PG-13 for Intense sci-fi violence, action, language, partial nudity, and some suggestive material. Film is in theaters. Uh, Thor Love and Thunder finds Thor on a journey unlike anything he's ever faced. A quest for inner peace. But his retirement is interrupted by the galactic killer known as Gore the God Butcher, who seeks the extinction of the gods. To combat the threat, Thor enlists the help of King Valkyrie, Korg, and ex-girlfriend Jane Foster, who to Thor's surprise inexplicably wields his magical hammer, Molnir, as the mighty Thor. Together they embark upon a harrowing cosmic adventure to uncover the mystery of the God Butcher's vengeance and stop him before it's too late. This is going to be an interesting one to review. Uh, let's see, Rotten Tomatoes critic score 67%. Wow. Um, audience score 81%. And IMDb has it at a 7 out of 10. I want to look into the other Marvel movies to see where that 67% is. But, uh, yeah, like I kind of mentioned there, this might be a little tough for me to review because, honestly, there's parts of the movie that I did enjoy, but for the most part, I was not a fan of the movie. Um, I know fellow Throw Me podcast um, brethren, if you will, enjoyed it. I don't know how Brooke feels about the movie, so... I don't know what the sister in thinks, but um, I, I know Zach loved it. I, I believe wonderful enjoyed it. I know my brother loved it. I, you know, I, I don't know, man. I think more and more, the more and more I watch these Marvel films, it's just not for me, I guess, is what's happening here. Because I, while I did enjoy things, there was literally a moment in the theaters where I just sat there, just bored, honestly, which is interesting to say because the movie is ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. It's extremely campy. Um, just looking at the meaning and definition of campy when it comes to movies. Uh, describe something that has ridiculous and wacky appeal. Some movies are so exaggerated. And this film felt very exaggerated. To me, when I was watching the movie, I left and my first thought was, this movie was like if Monty Python made a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie or a Thor movie. That's what it felt like, man. It felt like it was a very comedic movie um except for the villain which does that fit or not fit i don't know uh villain is not comedic <laughs> but but it was very it's very very it's such it's i mean it looks at it. i sent a meme to 
um, the group chat here, uh, the Throw Me Podcast Network, which shows like the first Thor films, and it's like, what's his face, Ryan Gosling, um, and he's all, I think it was from the Blade Runner movie, and then his, um, Thor 1 and 2 is all dark and depressing looking, and then Thor 3 and 4 is all bright and colorful from him from the Bride, um, Barbie movie. And it is amazing to think about the changes that that film franchise has gone through. Uh, because, I mean, Thor The Dark World was pretty much hated and might be the lowest ranked movie. Um, no, Eternals is the lowest ranked movie by a big margin. But, um, yeah, I remember Thor Dark World wasn't received too well and they took a change with Ragnarok and I enjoyed Ragnarok. Ragnarok definitely added in its comedy, but this movie just took it over the top. And to be honest with you, like one of the thoughts I had all day today before recording this episode was, and I think this is the first time this has ever happened where a movie has made me want to watch another movie to see if I hate it as much. And I don't hate this movie. Hate's not the word, but it's just not hate. But it makes me want to watch a movie that so many other people hate. That's what I was going for. Um, that is considered extremely campy and ridiculous and goofy. And the comic book world. And I am, of course, talking about a movie that I never thought I'd be purposely watch. Um, based on watching another movie, I'll purposely watch it if a new movie of this genre or franchise is coming out. But it immediately made me think of Batman and Robin. The most hated Batman film, if you will. Some people, again, love it. It's probably their favorite Batman film. More power to you. But that movie is ridiculous. It's unbelievably... Uh, unbelievably uh, campy. Over-exaggerated in a lot of areas. But, I mean, that's what I felt about this movie. To be honest with you, I felt like it was a huge exaggeration of things going on. It's very campy. Very over-the-top. But I don't know if there's anything in Thor and Love and Thunder that is as, as egregiously ridiculous as the bad credit card. So, you know, I'm not saying Batman or Robin is better than Thor and Love and Thunder by any means. But I think the thought process that was going through my mind is if people love Thor, Love and Thunder so much, which to be honest with you, people aren't very overly excited and happy about the film either. <laughs> to be to be fair, the film is being met with a lot of different differing opinions, with most of them going towards... They didn't like the movie and how ridiculous and goofy it was. Um, but yeah, that was the thought that was going through my head today when it came to Thor Love and Thunder and Batman and Robin. Both films are, to me, come off extremely exaggerated and campy, if you will. Um, if you don't agree, that's fine. We all have our different opinions. That's you know perfectly fine. Now, I mentioned before, I don't hate the movie. I don't love the movie. There were moments that I did enjoy with the movie. Uh, first one being Natalie Portman. I think she was fantastic. It was great to see her back in the Thor franchise. She wasn't in Ragnarok. So it was great to see Natalie Portman back. She's a she's a talented actress. And I think she did a really good job as the mighty Thor. Um, I think she hit the areas she needed to hit perfectly fine. I think she added a compelling element to it. And she's probably the best acting of the movie as well. If not the best acting going to her, the best acting will go to Christian Bale, which another positive for me in the film is Christian Bale's performance as the God Butcher. I think he um, was very believable. I think, you know, I mean, Christian Bale, I mean, extremely talented actor. I don't think, you know, we need to go any further into how talented Christian Bale is. He can pull it off, man. He's good. His bat voice, we can, you know, we can talk about. All right, we, we can go 
back and forth on that if you want. Not going to be a whole lot of back and forth for me. His bat voice is freaking annoying. <laughs> I mean, once we get to The Dark Knight Rises, it's like, come on, dude. <laughs> Just to be fair. And I enjoy those films. Don't come at me. I enjoy the Nolan films. But his bat voice got progressively more and more and more tough to listen to. Um, but we're talking about Thor Love and Thunder. I think he was great in the movie. I think he really did his part uh, that he needed to do again. You know, I don't know. Maybe I'm judging it way too harshly here, but I don't know if his character, I mean, Thor, Gore, Thor, Gore, the God Butcher, and this very comedic film is like, ah, how are we meshing here? What I will say is, and I'm not the cinematography guy or anything, but when they go to, they uh, go to the battle with uh, the God Butcher, I think the the look of that whole scene is really cool. I like I like the idea. I like the way that was shot. I'm not again not a cinematography guy. I can care less. But um, I thought that was really cool. I'm trying to think of the positives because I don't want to be overly negative here. Kind of the Kevin Smith approach. I don't want to talk bad about something. Do um, you know not necessary. Uh, so yeah, the film didn't hit with me like it did with the rest of the Throw Me Podcast Network, from what I know of. Um, I'm more of on the side of I'm not a fan. Uh, again, don't hate it. I'm sure there's other movies I dislike more. Um, there's other movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe I dislike more. But, you know, I, it didn't do it for me. Let's just put it that way. The movie didn't really do it for me. Uh, the film has two credit scenes. Two credit scenes, which I think were two enjoyable credit scenes. Um, going back to the performances, Tessa Thompson, always fantastic. She was great um, as King Valkyrie in this film. Um, Korg was good again. Um, Chris Hemsworth was, you know, good. I can't, I don't know what it is, man. That's why this one's hard for me to review. Like, I don't hate the movie, but it didn't really do much for me. It kind of just, you know, felt like a Marvel movie. Um Better than some of them. Obviously, it's better than the Eternals and Thor the Dark World and all that stuff. But it kind of really laid out my thoughts on what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is. It's just one big, you know, cartoony thing. You know, uh, it can get serious every now and then. But for the most part, it's a cartoon. It's bright colors and look at me, look at me. And that's why, you know, gravitates people. Like when you're a kid and you're plopped in front of the television, what are you watching? You're watching cartoons because it easily distracts your attention. Um that's what I felt with this movie. Uh, another positive, needle drops throughout the film. Great. Great needle drops during the film. Even a great one during the credits. Um, so they did a great job there. Uh, negative for me, and again, I'm sure other people are going to see it differently, but I think the Guardians of the Galaxy were mistreated in this movie. Um, that's just how I'm feeling. I felt like they made the Guardians of the Galaxy look extremely weak in this movie. So... Uh, that's another thing I did not like about the film. So, overall, like, I never tell somebody not to watch a movie, um, I think. Yeah, I mean, if you enjoy the other Marvel movies, you're going to enjoy this one. If you enjoyed Ragnarok, you'll enjoy this film. It's just, just know that that comedic level is turned up to, like, 11 in this movie. Um, I, I would say, if you're going to the theaters, go see Top Gun Maverick or even Elvis instead. But um, if you want to see the movie, yeah, go ahead and go see it. Like, it has its moments that are enjoyable. Uh, again, I think Natalie Portman and Christian Bale are the best parts of the film, for me, at least. I don't know, man. It's tough. It's tough for me to say. Like, 
I'm just trying to remember my feeling during the film. And like when the movie started, I was into it. I was good. And there was just part where I was like, oh, this is what this is. And I literally sat there in my chair, kind of slumped down, fingers poking into this, to my, um, my temple, I guess you will, side of my forehead. I'm just like, okay, this is what this movie is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It's just these movies don't pull me in, man. And like I said, I have no problem with people enjoying it. I'm not going to say, oh, you're stupid for enjoying it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. That's awesome. I'm glad you had a good time with it. You know, I'm going to need a couple more watches with it. It just doesn't draw me in. It didn't draw me in the way I would, you know, hope it would. Like I said, again, it's not necessarily a fact that I'm against the comedic stuff because I liked Ragnarok. I thought Ragnarok was fun, but I don't know. This movie, this movie's not sitting well with me for some reason or another, and I don't know fully what it is, but there's just something about the movie that's just like, eh, I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. But... Natalie Portman's fantastic. I do know that. Christian Bale's fantastic. I do know that. I wanted to look into this ranking here. So 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, lowest ranked film is Eternals with 47%. That, that film will probably be always the lowest rated film in this franchise. Uh, then Thor The Dark World comes in at 66%. And we have a tie between Thor Love and Thunder at 67% and The Incredible Hulk at 67%, which is interesting because The Incredible Hulk is the next film that uh, Zach and myself will be talking about on uh, Marvel or Mediocre, our Patreon-exclusive show. We do have a Patreon. If you want to jump over there and have fun with us, go ahead, man. we got some great content going on over there, including this show where uh, Zach and I are going through the Marvel films. And you can already tell from me, I'm not the biggest Marvel fan. So going back and watching these movies, you're getting real reactions, man. Like, did, did watching it again help me enjoy the film more or not? I mean, interesting. And most of these films I haven't seen. We talked about Iron Man the first episode. I never really watched that movie all the way through. The Incredible Hulk, never seen it. <laughs> never seen it. So watching it for this show is going to be my first time viewing it. Will I end up liking it more than Iron Man or not? Tune into the Patreon, man. Find out what's going to happen there. But this is, that's what I like about doing this Marvel mediocre show is because my thought process for a while, I'm going to be completely honest with you, very clouded on the Marvel films because I'm a DC guy. I like the DC style more. I feel... Like, the DC style fits me more, you know? But I can enjoy some Marvel stuff. And I go in watching Marvel films, and I want to enjoy them, but the Marvel style doesn't fit me like the DC style does. And, you know, people will understand that. Um, and there was a part of the time where I was very, like, can't believe people hate on DC all the time, but they love these Marvel films. Um, but then you realize, uh, you know, Marvel caters more to audiences than you know, DC does. DC is a different kind of storytelling. Um, and then it's not all a continuation story over there at DC. So that kind of confuses people. <laughs> They're like, you got this Joker, you got that Joker, you got this Batman, you got that Batman. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so people get freaked out about that stuff. But um, there was that point in time where I was like, you know, screw Marvel, man. Like, why are y'all hating on my DC? I get very protective of my stuff. That's how I was with WWE and AEW for a while. Um, and I'm always going to be Team WWE, and I'm always going to be Team DC. But I've kind of opened up lately. I've kind of been wanting, like, to check out AEW. I don't know what's going on there. And I've always watched the Marvel films. <laughs> and like I said, I enjoy some of these Marvel films. I love the Captain America trilogy. Loved what I've seen from the Spider-Man films. You know, um, Infinity War is a solid film. Endgame, solid film. I like Guardians of the Galaxy, first one. I went into that movie thinking I was going to absolutely hate it, man. 
can't stand Vin Diesel. Movie seemed insane. Watched it like that was a good time. So, so no, it's not like a freaking cloud of judgment thing here with me. <laughs> you know, like I'm open. I'm enjoying what I enjoy. And like I said, sometimes Marvel gets me, but the majority of the time, it just does not fit the style that I'm looking for. Which is fine. We all look for different things, man. I'm glad people enjoy these films for what they are. That is great. I'm not going to sit here and say you're wrong for enjoying what you enjoy. Unless it's like freaking evil stuff, man. Like, you know, come on. Don't be killing people. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Thor Love and Thunder, It's it left me with a not satisfied viewing. Mostly. Yeah. So, don't love it. Don't hate it. In between. I don't know if I like it. Because <laughs> um, like would be the in-between, right? I'm indifferent to it. Damn it. <laughs> um, anyways. If you enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder, let me know why I'm wrong. Because I know you will. I'm expecting Zach to get on me about this one. <laughs> I already talked to my brother after the movie. You know, he was he was calm about it. I haven't really talked to Wonderful about it. But <laughs> I'm sure once uh, they listen to this episode, like, what the hell you mean you didn't like Thor Love and Thunder? Like, hey, man, I can't help it. <laughs> My styles, the styles of films I like just doesn't mesh well with the styles of films other people like. It happens. I'm not changing my ways, though, man. I love what I love, and I'm sticking to it. Don't bend to peer pressure. <laughs> but, yeah, let's see. So, Thor Love and Thunder is way above Eternals and just uh, 1% above Thor the Dark World and tied with the Incredible Hulk. Interesting. And honestly, there's still time that that score could drop down because, like I said, it is not being met with the most favorable of reviews right now. So, if you're a Rotten Tomatoes person, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be interesting to pay attention to. Just out of curiosity, how is Top Gun Maverick doing still? Top Gun Maverick still ranked high on this thing. I don't know how Mar uh, Marvel. <laughs> I don't know how Rotten Tomatoes works. I don't know if they just cut off reviewing at some point, but. Top Gun's still at a 97 and a 99% audience score, so go see that instead. <laughs> go see that instead of Thor, Love, and Thunder. Or even Elvis. What is Elvis doing? Elvis. I want to go see Elvis again, man. I want to see both Top Gun and Elvis again. Like Elvis. Elvis is in the running for me, man. Elvis, 78%. Critic score, audience score, 94%. Audiences are loving the Elvis, man. I don't know, dude. Like, I've been talking back and forth for a while. I really honestly know that I didn't love Thor, Love, and Thunder. There's moments of it, like I mentioned, where I was just bored. And I know other people are going to question me about it, but like I was bored during that movie. I'm not going to lie to you. I do not lie. I review things with open and 100% honesty. Like, look, I love me some Natalie Portman. She is one of my favorite actresses. I'm not going to sit here and say that movie's great just because she's in it. She is one of the best parts of it. I'm not going to lie about that. I think she's great. But, I mean, overall, the movies just didn't do it for me. But, again... Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think. I know I'm pretty sure I'm going to hear from Zach. <laughs> I'm going to hear from Zach about this one. But uh, nonetheless, man, I already had, I had, I know I'm going to hear from Zach because he and I disagree on Black Widow and I heard from that as well. So we're going to, hey, I'll give you this. I enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder more than Black Widow. Of the films that have come out this year from Marvel, I would say, or not even the films that came out this year. What is this? Phase? What phase are we in? I don't know. I have no idea what phase we're in right now. I don't know what's going on. Let's see. I'm trying to think of what has... Because I... Again, I sent this in the group chat. So let me pull this up. Alright, so yeah. 
uh, phase four. We're in phase four, right? So Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternal, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Thor, Love and Thunder. Okay, so Spider-Man's number one, obviously. Um, I will go Wanda and the Multiverse of Madness, Shang-Chi, Love and Thunder, Black Widow, Eternals. That's what I'll go with. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, man. And, you know, over time, maybe. Actually, no. It won't happen. <laughs> it won't happen. We're we're just in this world now. So, yeah. There you go. Um, I, what's next for Marvel? They have um, Black Panther 2. Yeah, Wakanda Forever coming out this year. So, they have that going on. Let's see how that turns out. I enjoyed the first Black Panther movie a good bit. I mean, over... You know, watching a couple more times, I realized I enjoyed Killmonger. Maybe not the movie so much. Um, just being fair and honest with you there. Uh, Killmonger is what sells that movie for me. So, always paying attention to the villain. Like, I enjoyed the villain more in this movie than any, um, in Thor Love and Thunder more than anything. Yeah, I would say I, yeah, I would say my favorite part of the movie, other than the needle drops, were, uh, the villain. Was the villain. Yeah, the villain, and then... Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman's fantastic. Great to see her back. Uh, so there you go. That's my thoughts. Um, expect a rebuttal from one Zach Hilton, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I, I feel like it's happening. Either way, good times, man. I don't, I'm not going to change my opinion. That's how I feel about the movie. I'll have to watch it again and again and again and again to see if that changes. But on first watch, first opinion, first viewing, those are my thoughts on Thor Love and Thunder. If you disagree... We disagree, babies. It's okay. But as um, we hit the end here, mind you, happiness can always be found, even in the darkest of times. If one remembers to turn on the light, I will be back with a new episode next week. Maybe I'll review Batman and Robin next week because I'm Thor Love and Thunder has me wanting to watch that movie again. <laughs> and I've never purposely watched that movie unless I'm doing like, oh, a new Batman movie's coming out. Let me watch all the other Batman movies before it comes out. Now, after watching Thor, Love, and Thunder, I'm like, let me watch Batman and Robin again to see if this movie is as ridiculous as I thought Thor, Love, and Thunder was. But at the same time, Batman and Robin has the freaking Batman credit card, which is just egregious. Right, anyways, I don't know, man. I'm clouded. My mind's insane. That's the end of the show. I'll talk to you all next episode. I don't know what I'm talking about, but expect me to mention Batman and Robin next week for sure. Anyways. How will Marvel survive this? Marvel's getting some bad reviews, man. People are upset with Marvel right now. For the first time, it's not just DC that's getting the hate. Marvel's getting the hate. Um, not the first time. People really hated Eternals as well. But um, this movie's, yeah, this movie's being met with some uh, pretty weird views, and people are not too upset about, or not too happy. They're pretty upset about Marvel not really having a direction right now with its phases and all this stuff. That's what I'm seeing on the interwebs. So who knows, man? Didn't I close the show like 10 minutes ago? Anyways, talk to you all next week. And again, happiness can always be found, even in the darkest of times, if one remembers to turn on the light. Chat with you all next episode. Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.